0: true crime podcast we're your hosts natasha and alan and today we are heading into the world of sports but before we do that let's jump into our suggestions for the week my suggestion for the week is going to be another movie we went and saw this movie on monday and it was so freaking good it's called searching and it stars john Cho, michelle law and deborah messing it's filmed the way the movie unfriended was filmed with just the use of technological devices like via laptops and facetime with news cameras and stuff And basically, Michelle Law plays a teenage girl who goes missing, and John Cho, who's her dad, tries to figure out what happened to her, and it's so freaking good, and if you're into, like, the thriller drama genre, this movie is for you. Ellen, what is your suggestion for the week?
1: Mine is a book called Finders Keepers by Stephen King. Uh, A while back, I did a reference to another book by him, because, you know, I love Stephen King, called Mr. Mercedes. Turns out it's a trilogy who knew <laughs> so now i'm in book two and i'm still hooked
0: great we love that hooked on phonics
1: reading hooked is on good Stephen King don't always listen to podcasts sometimes you gotta read even though it's an audiobook but that's irrelevant
0: <laughs> i haven't read a book in a hot second i need to get back into reading
1: it's I good for your mind really
0: have time actually i listened to a book the other week i forgot mm, it was freaking crazy that needs to be a also, suggestion, you stole for my
1: suggestion for the week i forgot i was the one who wanted to see that
0: suggest that yeah you suggested we go see that well you gave me three options and i picked that one and it was a great choice so everyone go see it it was so good Alrighty. so this week we're going to be talking about ray caruth if you are a young millennial like us you may not know about this i know case. exactly
1: who this guy is who is he i have no idea
0: exactly um but i'm sure everyone older than us especially the sports fans of the late 90s and the early 2000s know about this case Ray Lamar Wiggins was born January 20th, 1974 in Sacramento, California. Ray would go on to take his stepfather's last na- name and would now be known as Ray Carruth. He attended Valley High School in Sacramento, and in his sophomore year, he tried out for the junior varsity football team as a wide receiver. The coaches couldn't help but notice how fast he was, and he ended up making the varsity team. His coaches reported that Caruth had, um, he was just kind of like a loner and like, kind of stuck to himself. They said that he would often wouldn't let people get very close to him. He had a few offers to play college football and ended up accepting an offer to play for the University of Colorado at Boulder. During his sophomore year at college, his girlfriend, Michelle Williams, gave birth to their son, Rolando Wright. Carruth may have been a phenomenal athlete, but he was not a phenomenal father. He pretty much didn't want to be involved at all, so Wright ended up suing for child support and the judge awarded her $5,500 a month. After not paying any of it, Wright told him if he became a better father, she would only ask for twenty-seven hundred. So she literally was like, "I'll cut it in half if you just want to be involved," which he didn't.
1: Fifty-five hundred is a lot of money.
0: But they were living—I think she was living in Sacramento. I don't know how expensive that is, but I
1: don't know it just sounds like a lot.
0: I know. Well, we we live in a cheap area, so <laughs> to us, that's a lot. To California, I don't know.
1: It's like fifty-five hundred a month. I'd need three jobs.
0: I got three jobs. Um, So, Carruth went on to play at UC Boulder and ended up being named first-team All-American in the 99- 1996 season, which I believe was his senior year. He decided to enter the NFL draft in 1997. He was drafted 27th overall by the Carolina Panthers, which in case you're not a sports fan, that's really good. That's the first round. Um, He signed a four-year, $3.7 million contract with a $1.3 million signing bonus. During his first year in Charlotte, he tied rookie wide receivers with four touchdowns and 44 receptions. He was named to the all-rookie team as a wide receiver. During the offseason, he met 22-year-old Sharika Adams at a party. Sharika Adams was born June 30, 1975 in Kings Mountain, North Carolina. At the time of meeting Carruth, Sharika was working as a model and real estate agent. They dated for a few weeks before Sharika found out he was seeing other women, so she decided he just wasn't the man for her. Caruth ended up getting injured in his first game of his second season, breaking his foot, so he was out for the remainder of his second season. Sharika and Caruth ended up running into each other in January of 1999 and they began dating again. Um, it wasn't exclusive, he was seeing other women. And by the spring of 1999, Sharika was pregnant. When she told Ray about the pregnancy, he immediately told her she needed to get an abortion. Sharika refused and the couple broke up. The summer went by and the 1999 football season started with Ray returning after his broken foot injury. He still had um, like a sprained ankle that he suffered through the half of the season with. So he wasn't playing his best, but you know, he's back in the football game. In October of 1999, Sharika and Ray began seeing each other again, but it still wasn't very good. Sharika had really like loved the fact that she was pregnant. She would take a lot of belly pics like because she was stunning and she was like a pretty tiny girl so when when her belly appeared it appeared like you could see it. On November 15th 1999 Sharika and Ray went on a date to the movies. After the movie Ray told Sharika he wanted to stay the night at her apartment so they drove to Ray's house to get Ray's car and then Ray led the way to her apartment while she followed in her BMW. While traveling down a one-way road, a car pulled up beside Sharika and rolled the window down. The passenger in the vehicle fired five shots into Sharika's car, which resulted in four gunshot wounds. The cars then sped away and so did Ray Carruth. Sharika called 911 and continued driving her car after being shot four freaking times. And the 911 calls are insane. I I watched an American Justice on this. Oh my god. She's freaking eight months pregnant and she's like got shot. She's driving her car. Oh my god, she's a freaking ugh, I can't with her. At 12:31 a.m. on November 16th, Sharika placed a call to 911 informing them that she had been shot. Luckily, she had a cell phone at the time, which was super rare for 1999. Um, she was driving alone in her car in South Charlotte. She told the operator that she had just passed Calvary Church on Ray Road. Sharika told the operator she was 8 months pregnant and continued driving before pulling over into a neighborhood. She pretty much just drove into a person's yard and waited for EMS. She honked her horn to try and get people's attention. The operator put a medic on the phone and continued to ask questions while pro- police and EMS were dispatched. She told the medic she had been shot in the back and in her neck. The medic then asked how the shooting happened. Shurika said, quote, I was following my baby's daddy, Ray Caruth, the football player. The, med- the medic then said, so you think he did it? Sharika then said he slowed down and a car pulled up beside me. The car then shot at her and as Sharika struggled to hang on the medic continued to ask her questions um, as to how she got shot. She told them that Caruth left the scene as soon as she got shot. The ambulance initially passed Sharika but eventually found her and took her to the hospital and at the time of her arrival she was still able to talk. Um, But then she had to go into emergency c-section surgery to get the baby out. Um, The baby survived the surgery but was in critical condition. He had suffered, um, it was a boy, he suffered blood loss and brain damage due to lack of oxygen, due to four freaking bullet holes. Sharika then went into surgery for herself and they performed surgery on her and she survived her surgery and woke up an hour after surgery and began writing notes to the nurses. So she had a mouth tube in so she couldn't speak. Her mother was there, and the nurses were asking her questions, and she began writing notes. And they asked her what happened, and she like wrote down like I was following Ray. He slowed down, so I had to slow down. A car pulled up on my left, shot in to my car, and they all left. And they asked, "Who do you think did it?" And she wrote, "Ray." So pretty much, she basically reiterated what she had said in the 911 call. After writing the notes to the nurses, Sharika fell asleep and slipped into a coma. Meanwhile, Ray. Finally showed up to the hospital after about two hours. He sat on the floor in the waiting room and never asked about Sharika or the baby. Eventually, he was confronted by Sharika's mother, Sandra, who had been present when Sharika was writing the notes to the nurses. So she, like, knew he was up to something. And she was like, what the fuck, dude? Like, actually, she would never say that. She's, like, a very nice Jesus woman. Like, she's wonderful. Now she's wonderful. She's in this whole American justice. She's, like, literally the best. She's an angel. Hospital staff let Ray see the baby, who was in an incubator in the NICU, and Ray began crying at the sight of him. Caruth asked someone to take a picture of the baby because he figured he would never see him again. Suspicious as fuck. Investigators announced to the public what had happened, and they kind of hinted that Ray Caruth was a suspect, but didn't really, like, indicate he was, like, the number one suspect because they were holding the fact that they had the 911 calls and the notes back so that it wasn't, like, super known. Um, So, investigators began looking into Ray's phone calls, and they found some suspicious activity. Ray had called 24-year-old Michael Kennedy. Michael Kennedy was a known drug dealer. Investigators also found phone calls to 39-year-old Van Brett Watkins. Watkins was an ex-con with an extensive criminal history, including violence against women. Kruth refused to make a statement to Charlotte PD. Unfortunately for him, Watkins was not as tight-lipped. On Thanksgiving Day 1999, while Sharika Adams was laying in a coma, Watkins confessed to being the trigger man and the attempted murder of Sharika Adams. Watkins also admitted that he had been hired by Ray Carruth to do the job. Watkins said he had met Caruth in the spring of 1999 and he had been hired by him to do some odd jobs around his house. And at some point, Carruth had found out about Watkins' criminal history and the fact that he'd been to prison. And in June of 1999, Watkins said Carruth mentioned that Sharika was pregnant. He said that he had asked her to get an abortion and she had refused. He told Watkins that he had already had one child he was paying child support on and didn't want another. Which is fucking insane because...
1: I mean, he's the one putting his dick in there, so...
0: Also... Also,
1: he's fucking rich as shit, so... Back to my previous comment where I was like, oh, 5500 bucks." Alright, now it's a lot more feasible.
0: Because you're fucking loaded.
1: You're in yeah, mid- in
0: college, like, that's a lot. college,
1: you're a college athlete, you're not getting paid shit? That's kind of rough. As an NFL pro?
0: Write them checks, boy, or put on a goddamn condom. So anyway. So initially, Carruth told Watkins he would pay him three grand to beat up Sharika and cause a miscarriage, which is just horrible. Watkins demanded a small deposit to, like, pretty much let him know that he was serious. ATM records prove that Ray Carruth went to an ATM near his house and made two withdrawals to a total amount of $300, so like 10%. Watkins did not have a problem doing that, but he never went through with it. As the months went on, Carruth suggested that Watkins could just kill her instead. I put could just kill her instead. Like, kill her, not kill her. Gosh, I'm stupid. He told him he would pay him $6,000 to kill her. Double the price. $6,000? This dude is
1: fucking a millionaire. And he is he's, so frugal. He's like, he's like goodwilling this shit. He's not, you know... He's going to his level. He's, he's just literally
0: like, the cheapest millionaire on the earth. Six thousand dollars, bro.
1: He's like Walmart bargain shopping for this shit.
0: For real, and you get what you pay for,
1: because three, three.
0: Watkins freaking confessed all this. So
1: yeah, if he'd have spent, I don't know, maybe ten more grand, probably would have had this problem.
0: According to Watkins, Kruth said he could go over to her house, have sex with her, walk out of the room, and let Watkins in the house. He then could leave the house, and Watkins could come in and murder her. Watkins put off doing anything all summer long. He then said that Caruth began threatening him. He said that Caruth told him he had connections in California because that's where he was from and that they could take care of him if he didn't do it. Watkins told police that if Caruth didn't have a problem murdering his own unborn child, he obviously wouldn't have a problem having him killed, so he kind of felt obligated. Watkins said on the night of the shooting, he was called to Caruth's home where he met up with Michael Kennedy and Stanley Abraham. He had briefly met both of them, but Kennedy was specifically picked by Ray Carruth. Carruth told him he was going to take Sharika to a movie and he would call them when it was over. Carruth called Kennedy when the movie was over and told him the plan. Watkins said that they began following Sharika after she left Carruth's house, heading towards her own apartment. He said Kennedy was driving the car, he was in the passenger seat and Abraham was in the back seat. Once they were on a deserted stretch of road, Carruth called Kennedy and told him it was time. Carruth then slowed down which forced Sharika to slow down. Watkins, Kennedy, and Abraham then pulled up to Sharika and Watkins began shooting. Watkins said he shot once and then four more times in succession boom, 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 boom. They then fled the scene. Police arrested Ray Caruth later that day and charged him with conspiracy to commit murder, attempted murder, and shooting it into an occupied dwelling. Abraham and Kennedy were arrested later that day as well. Ray was released 10 days later after posting a $3 million bond with the condition that he was not to leave the city of Charlotte and that if Sharika or the baby died, he was to turn himself in. By early December, the baby's condition was improving, but unfortunately, on December 14, 1999, Sharika Adams died from total organ failure. Carew's bond was instantly revoked, as the judge had ordered. Police went to locate him, but he was nowhere to be found. He was located 30 hours later at a... What is that? A hotel called? Western Union? No, no, that's a bank. What's the one with the Western in it? Best Western. Western. He was located at a Best Western in Western Tennessee, hiding in the trunk of a car with a thing of food and a bottle to relieve himself in. What? I don't know what his plan was, if he was just going to lay in this trunk forever. I don't, I don't know. Cruz's own mother had called the police and told them where he was because she didn't want anything bad to happen to him, which is a good call. Caruth became the first active NFL player to go to trial.
1: Crazy. Many more would follow.
0: Exactly. But that was the first because OJ had, you know, but that he was inactive. He was retired. So Cruz's defense attorney was none other than David Rudolph. You probably don't recognize the name, but you totally recognize the face. Because I was watching this, and I was like, that dude is so familiar. Who is that? Rudolph would go on to become the defense attorney for Michael Peterson, who was accused of pushing his wife, Kathleen Peterson, to her death. He was prominently featured in the Netflix documentary We Couldn't Commit To, called The Staircase.
1: Oh, that guy.
0: Yes, 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 yes. That dude's
1: kind of weird. The early
0: 2000s, like, you know, him, the main guy. So the trial began for Carruth. And the prosecution called Carruth a cold-blooded killer because he had planned her death because she refused to have an abortion. Rudolph, on the other hand, claimed that due to his lack of violence in his past, it made him not guilty. You know, lack of violence. Other than the fact that he played football, like, forever. I mean, it was wide receivers, so that's not super violent, but still. Prosecutors had the notes that Sharika had written to the nurses and the 911 call. They played the 911 call in court, which, ugh. Sandra Adams, who was Sharika's mother, as I mentioned previously, was featured in this uh, American Justice episode, and she was freaking incredible. She talked about hearing the 911 take during the trial and talked about how brave her daughter had for not only continuing to drive after being shot, but to explain everything that had happened with, like, detail. The defense argued that the notes and the 911 call could have been misremembered by Sharika because of the trauma she had faced and the fact that she was on painkillers at the time of the notes. Sharika's doctor, on the other hand, testified he believed she wrote the notes with absolute clarity of mind. Michael Kennedy, who was the driver of the car, testified in court without a plea deal from the state. He basically said, no, 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 I want to do it because it was just the right thing to do. He told the court that Ray planned the shooting and made sure he was there to see it happen. Kennedy told the jury that after shots were fired, he heard her screaming, and when he said this, um, her sister started bawling and left. It was, like, so sad. Because they were like, what happened after the shots were fired? And he said, she started screaming. I was like, oh my god, it's so sad. Kennedy remained calm during the grueling cross-examination. Kennedy said that Carruth gave him $100 on the day of the murder to purchase the gun. Kennedy said he tried to back out before it happened, but Carruth told him he knew too much, and he was in it. The prosecution did not call Watkins to testify so he was brought in as a hostile witness for the defense. Watkins testified for two days and he was super aggressive. He openly threatened um, to kill Rudolph and he was basically like I'm 286 pounds I could kill you with my bare hands. I was like oh my god. Watkins testified that he'd put off doing the shooting for six months but Caruth threatened Watkins and his family so that's why he did it. The defense's main argument was that Carruth was not guilty because basically it was like a drug deal gone wrong. Their main person who testified for them because Carruth didn't testify was a deputy sergeant. She testified that she had spoken to Watkins before he confessed and he said that this murder had been a result of a failed drug transaction. She said that Watkins told her that Carruth had intended to give Watkins money to buy a bunch of weed. When it came time to give him money, Carruth had not given him the money. Watkins then went looking for Carruth, but instead found Sharika. He rolled down his window to talk to her about it, and Sharika flipped him off, so he shot her four times. You know, as you do when someone flips you off. Actually, that does happen. But Watkins said that the deputy was full of shit and actually called her a fucking liar in the courtroom. In an interview from jail later, Watkins told American Justice that he'd never even spoken to her, and that he thought she may have some kind of relationship with Ray, or that she he had paid her off because why else would she just like make shit up it should be noted that it was revealed that she had interviewed ray caruth in his cell by himself in county jail which is totally not allowed prior to this trial i mean not like the interview but you can't interview people in their cell especially by yourself that's like not a thing there's interview rooms for that like i don't know so i don't know i don't really trust her shady. yeah no offense to her So, the defense's entire argument was that Watkins had murdered Sharika as as revenge for a drug deal gone wrong and Ray had nothing to do with it. Rudolph even said a few years ago that Ray had been ashamed of himself for fleeing the scene because he was scared of them coming after him. Several Carolina Panthers testified on Ray's behalf, talking about how easygoing and nice he was. Rudolph's final big argument was that because Carruth was a professional football player, there would be no motive for him to kill her. He was already paying for one child, what was another child? I don't freaking know, dude. What was another child? On January 16th, 2001, the case went to the jury to make their decision. The trial had lasted 12 weeks. Jurors concluded that Ray Carruth was responsible, but they didn't know if he was. the responsibility would equate to a first-degree murder conviction. They didn't believe that Carruth should face the death penalty because Watkins had already, you know, signed his stuff, and he had been convicted of second-degree murder. So they didn't think, since Carruth didn't actually do... It's kind of like, um... Bart Whitaker. They didn't think that, because, except Bart Whitaker got the death penalty, so it's not exactly the same.
1: It's also Texas.
0: Well, this is freaking North Carolina. They're probably just as bad. Not bad, but you know what I mean? hmm So, the jury found him guilty for conspiracy to commit first-degree murder, shooting into an unoccupied dwelling, oh, shooting into an occupied dwelling, and using an instrument to destroy an unborn child, which didn't work because the child lived. He was found not guilty on the first-degree murder charge. The judge sentenced him to 18 to 24 years in prison. Ray Carruth recently made parole. He'll be released October 22, 2018, so one month from tomorrow. Stanley Abraham was sentenced to 90 days in jail because it was determined he was only present because he decided to hang out with Michael Kennedy that day, and got dragged into this. He didn't actually do anything. Hmm. Michael Kennedy was sentenced to 14 years in prison and was released in July of 2011. On the day of his sentencing, Kennedy read a letter to the judge stating, I just want to ask God's forgiveness for what I've done. I want to ask Sandra Adams and Jeff Mooney's forgiveness for what I've done. Jeff Mooney, it was um, Sharika's dad. Van Brett Watkins was sentenced to four consecutive sentences. So the difference between, in case you don't know, consecutive and concurrent is concurrent. They all run together. Consecutive, it's one has to either make parole or discharge before the other one will begin. So... The first charge, he received 23 years, 9 months uh, for second-degree murder, which discharges in 2020, and then he has a 22-year, 1-month sentence for conspiracy to commit first-degree murder, followed by a 4-year sentence for discharging a firearm, and then a 10-month sentence for abortion. In total, he was sentenced to 50 years, 7 months, and 25 days. He is currently incarcerated at the Alexander Correctional Institution in Taylorsville, North Carolina.
1: All right, I just want to stop real quick and point out, that's some really weird fucking sentencing
0: well they do like because ray was sentenced to 18 to 24 so with good behavior you get out in 18 so i guess that's like your not whole... the 18
1: to 24 that doesn't bother me but well, the... no
0: his his is the same thing so he wasn't just sentenced to the 22 years one month he had like from this to this with good behavior but the dude has a bunch of dysponias he's got like 50 so yeah no, so he's fucked Yeah, he's not getting out early. He's going to have to do his whole sentence. But by the time he would do his whole sentence, he's like going to be in his 90s. So he basically said in the the American Justice, he's accepted his fate. He found God, all that stuff that offenders say. And that he plans on dying in prison, and he's, he's fine with it. Yeah good for him (laughs) um so sandra adams the shining star of this story has gone on to become a board member for the momo or the mothers of murdered offspring which is a support group for people whose children have been murdered sandra adams obviously has custody of her grandson chancellor lee adams who suffers from cerebral palsy as a result of his horrible birth
1: that sucks
0: Um, and in a wrongful death suit, Sandra filed against the men who was, she was awarded $5.8 million in damages. Obviously, she's not going to get any of that money because none of them have any money. Um, but she said it felt good kind of like getting that closure. Sandra has forgiven everyone involved in her daughter's murder, including Ray. In recent months, with the news of Ray's upcoming release, he has been questioned on whether or not he plans to seek custody of his 18-year-old son, Chancellor, because of his cerebral palsy. Originally, he had penned a really long letter thanking Sander for taking such great care of Chancellor, but Ray said he let Chancellor down the last 18 years by not being there for him. He also said that if he could go back to 1999 and change things, he would. He said that he has long since accepted his life as a social pariah, but in a follow-up letter released in March of this year, Ray said that he would not be seeking a relationship with Chancellor and quote, for all involved or invested in this ordeal, ordeal, my fucking god. Please calm down. I will no longer be pursuing a relationship with Chancellor or Miss Adams. I promise to leave them be, which I see now is in everyone's best interest. He called it a fucking ordeal. Are you fucking kidding me? Secondly, you
1: never wanted a relationship with your child to begin with, so... That's
0: why this all fucking started, asshole. So, this is a pretty sad story there, but there is a bit of a touching side. Chancellor and Sandra were living in a home not fit for their lives. When John Embry heard of their story, he realized he could help. So, John Embry was actually a former UC Boulder football coach who had actually coached Ray Caruth during his college years. Embry is now an assistant head coach for the San Francisco 49ers, and through his nonprofit organization he raised $150,000 for Sander and Chancellor. They bought a new home with the money and installed a chairlift in case Chancellor ever needed to go up the stairs, but he's got a downstairs bedroom, which is great. Um, so Chancellor is called Lee by his friends and family, and he's going to graduate from high school in 2019. So, next uh, next spring. And he plans to take transitional living courses because his grandma is getting a little mm-hmm. bit up there in age. And Lee has... um, So, he has a fondness for hats. So, Sandra and Lee are planning to start a nonprofit called Lee, Lee's Lids. And their goal is to put a lid on domestic violence. Which, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't. So, that is the murder of Sharika Adams. What do you think of the case?
1: It's pretty crazy. I mean... A
0: rich dude didn't want to pay motherfucking child support. So he's like, you know what? Fuck it. Just kill him. What the fuck?
1: But anyways, it's crazy. It's really sad too, but.
0: It's just really annoying that he literally is a millionaire and he's like, you know, hmm, I can't afford $5,500 a month for fucking child support. Bitch, what? If you don't want a kid, wrap your fucking dick, asshole.
1: Yeah, I mean, condoms are pretty cheap.
0: Like, you can get him for free. You really could. Just
1: You really don't want a kid to get a vasectomy. One time deal. For
0: real. Like, come on. And you can't force people to get fucking abortions. That's not how that works, asshole. I don't know. He's a dick. He's a dick even now, which is so freaking annoying. Because she has gone out of her way to forgive him. And he's like, I want custody of my son. Like, no, no, no. You didn't want custody back in the day. Which I know he was young. He was like 23 or 22. But really, you're suddenly like, hmm. Let me just seek custody now that I've murdered his mom, fucker. But also, this is our 20th episode. How exciting. It is exciting. We made it to 20. We started in February, which was, you know, seven months ago, and it took us this long to get to 20. But you know what? Sometimes you gotta skip weeks, and sometimes you gotta skip the whole month of March, so you just gotta do what you gotta do.
1: Did we skip the whole month of March?
0: Yeah, that's when I did Derek toddley after that.
1: Oh yeah, but that was an episode worthy of the whole month, so...
0: So this episode, um, obviously this guy's a fucking dickhead, but the positives include Lee and Sandra. So I'm going to post a lot of photos of them and a lot of photos of um, Sharika on our Instagram. And if you want to follow it, it's at Justin and the True Crime Podcast. Um, Lee is so cute. So um, go check him out. And thank you so much for listening. Be sure to check out our social media pages. And this is our 20th episode, so I just really wanted to say a quick thank you to everyone who has chosen to listen to each and every episode. And even if you haven't and you're just tuning in for the first time or you just get, like, creeped out by the first five episodes of every podcast because they're kind of cringy, usually. I went back and edited the sound quality, so it's a little better. It's still cringy as fuck, but, you know, it's a little bit better sound quality unfortunately our first episode has the most listens so i'm sorry for all those people but um the point being thank you so much for listening i genuinely really appreciate it i've spent a lot of time you have too not really
1: (laughs) no but don't forget people my episode is still coming
0: you know in 10 years like
1: game of thrones with the with the dragons they're coming
0: In 2019. 2019. We'll look out for Alan's um, episode.
1: Very own episode.
0: Yeah. So, but it really does mean a lot to me um, and him that you guys listen. And I really like the feedback when you comment or write on our Facebook or anything like that. That really means a lot. So, thank you so much for listening. Here's to 20 more. So, have a great week and goodbye.
1: Bye.